here we are, episode number three zero, number thirty for memory tracks. It's cool. And we've got my friend Cena. Cena, say hello. What's up? Cena is uh this is a cool one. I we've got man, I always say this shit at the beginning of every episode. This is a cool one. Episode blah blah. This one's gonna be real great, guys. <laughs> you're really tired, I'm sure, of all my uh, expressions or idioms or whatever you call it, ticks. Um but uh, it's fun because the as I think about like who comes on, there's different the different categories, and you're kind of one of those friends that straddles a couple of overlapping ones where we knew each other through college through the music group, so we connected on that, of course, mm-hmm. um, and then we also got to work together for about a year and a half or so um, yep. at Umble several years after that, and I've kept in touch and. Uh, you're a good dude, fellow East Sider on the east side of Austin, and um, also musician and like a really cool, like a really cool different musician style than most of the people that I know that like music. And I remember like, was it? I don't know if, it, if you were doing this as early as in college or if it came afterwards, but you used to do like, and I assume you probably still do, but you do the eight bit like yeah, music was, programming and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right? I did that. Mostly in college. I started in high school and then did it uh-huh. mostly through college. And then after I graduated college, I kind of moved away from that. Yeah. But, uh, you used yeah. to like program 8 bit cover yeah, songs. Any of... specifically NES chip tunes. Yeah. But, okay. So that's what it's actually yeah, called. Not because I wanted to make video game music, but just because like that's, I, I knew how to do that. Like I, yeah. I mostly just wanted to use those sounds to make weird electronic music that yeah. I, like I would want to hear. Yeah. Um, but eventually I kind of felt a little limited by, you know, only having like these two channels and like only this like very limited palette of sound to work with. So how did you like start figuring that out? Was it because of video games or was there an artist that like was doing something similar that you were inspired by or how did that how that come to be uh so i was in high school and i didn't have a very good computer to run like a traditional like da to mm-hmm. record stuff with um and i didn't have any like microphones or anything like that so uh i looked into ways that i could like compose songs just, yeah. just on my computer and then like I think actually what it was is I was playing a lot of Mega Man 2. <laughs> and then I was like, how do they make this stuff? And so uh, I just like kind of Googled around on like how you, like how Nintendo songs were made or whatever. And then yeah. I found this program called Nerd Tracker 2. And then uh, I started making like very rudimentary 8-bit songs. Yeah. Or not even songs, just like little loops. Um, and then I'm, found this other better program called Famitracker that I used for like six years or whatever and then made a bunch of songs on that uh, and then once I got a, a real better computer then I moved on to like more traditional DAW like yeah. stuff and you, you, like I shifted to using like Ableton Live and stuff and yeah you're a big Logic. Ableton guy yeah always am jealous of your ability to teach yourself that <laughs> not an easy program it's uh no, it's cool. Like, is it's just something so different? I remember like first hearing about chip tunes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like at my first South by Southwest, there was a documentary. I feel like on it. Oh yeah, I think it's called were, Reformat the Planet. That seems right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then shortly after that was when I found out that you were doing that. I was like, oh, this is cool. Small world. Didn't yeah. know this is a thing, but it's like actually a huge thing. And yeah, but uh, that's the thing. That's that's what I mean when I say like I don't really feel like I make video game music. Yeah, like, I was never trying to be 
kind of in that scene, and I think right. that, like people in that scene that hear the the stuff that I made are kind of like put off. This by isn't, her, like, yeah, like, it's what? not what they were expecting. Yeah. But to me, that makes it more creative in the sense of you're doing something different. Yeah, I don't know. And video game music though is interesting. I mean, I grew up with two younger brothers, and we played Super Nintendo all the time, yeah. and so so much of that stuff. Like, yeah, without even thinking about if I heard it today, it would be right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that game. I used to love video games when I was younger. Like yeah. when I was, even even like up till high school, I was that was just like what I cared about in life. You know, yeah, just like video games, video games. Everything <laughs> needs to be, you know, yeah, saved up all your money for yeah. the next game. And then I kind of, I guess I grew up <laughs> finally, <laughs> uh, and I still like them, but like mostly like still the old games that I played right. as a kid. Those are the ones that I kind right. of gravitate towards. With that. Yeah, that's cool. Well, it's cool to see it manifest in different forms and yeah. uh, or tangible, uh, tangential forms for sure. Um, but yeah, it's cool. We uh, so I'll preface this with you know I was really happy to have you on and excited about it. Um, and I think you know I don't know if I want to out you yet or not, but you were kind of nervous about coming on. <laughs> it seemed like that was the yeah, sense that I yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what I always tell guests is reminder that this is more for how you want to interpret the prompt of it and so everybody kind of goes a different direction and um you know i i'm looking forward to hearing how you interpret it and bring it on and see you know what we learn about it um but the songs are great because they're three artists and songs that i know and love and so this should be a, a fun conversation and i think it's also funny we were talking earlier about how um I think at least definitely the first two, if not maybe even the third, I've had guests that have come on that have made mention certainly of the artists that you picked mm-hmm. um, and probably the songs as well that I don't know that you guys know each, but like Josh Bradshaw um, is one don't that know. he's a huge Aphex guy mm-hmm. and he didn't pick an Aphex song, but he brought it up a little Spoilers. bit here and there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sh- yeah. <laughs> That's right. Damn. Oh, fucking up the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I won't say anymore. But the <laughs> <laughs> the others, yeah, and it's it's fun to like try and enter like tie the common threads of you know why different people gravitate towards different sounds mm-hmm. and how that might reflect in personalities or the way that I know them and stuff. It's kind of interesting. Anyways, we will. Um, I'll quit rambling on that. But um, I guess we can kick it off the first song. Let's do Let's it. Feel good. Yeah. All right. So the first song is a band that everybody knows and everybody loves or has loved at some point or they've either hated i feel like you either have had extreme feelings or i've known people that have hated them and then (laughs) later on been like oh shit uh, they actually actually are the best (laughs) (laughs) yeah we all have like i feel like everybody's got a story about this band uh in some way so we'll hear yours in a bit but we'll kick it off with a song which is uh a song by a band called radiohead two plus two equals five Tune 
Two plus two equals five, also known as the lukewarm. Yeah. By, uh, <laughs> by Radiohead from 2000s, 2003's Hail to the Thief. Yep. That's the one. Criminally underrated Radiohead record. It, yeah. It's it's one of my favorite ones. It um, really is. It, it, it like took me years to admit that to myself. Really? But I, oh, I've always loved it. There's a lot of good songs. <laughs> I mean, I think it's common for people our age, maybe, because like that was the point when you. If you didn't yeah, get into the right. early wave, then like you were probably that's when aware I started. Like when that was out. their album that came out. When yeah, I started kind of the first one, one yeah, you hear so. is the one that clicks for you. Right. Uh, for me, that wasn't really the case because I didn't get into Radiohead until college, mm-hmm. but uh, I kind of skipped over this one. But man, it's it's good. And I was looking up like you know obviously all the things in this song, and you know political music but <laughs> well, all that know. stuff went completely over my head when he I goes first, over your head you know, and he says like you know in all the interviews about the record he's like I tried really hard to not make a political record but it was mm-hmm. all around because you know he was very critical of of course the Bush administration mm-hmm. and everything and this record is very much on that and the time of writing in his headspace and really the like true curmudgeon Tom York <laughs> comes out yeah. starting with Hell to the Thief and well I guess he's kind of always been that way but now to the point where I actually am worried about his mental health because he seems so stressed about everything all the time. Uh, but man, I love this song, and it's definitely one of those songs that I feel like if you listen to, it, you're going like this can convert you to yeah, listen to Radiohead. That's it's yeah, so harsh. It's like kind of it's kind of what happened to me, I guess. Um, 
wasn't particularly this song that made me a convert. I feel like I was already kind of yeah there. You're going or, down the line. Getting, getting there, yeah. But but yeah, so right around, I guess it, I guess it was 2003, um, I started hearing they started uh, playing they're there on the radio a mm-hmm. lot um that was the first single off that album and my so my relationship to radiohead up until that point was uh of course you know you hear creep and you hear karma police on the radio all the time yeah um and that's kind of maybe like paranoid android late night on a sunday yeah <laughs> you're from I, houston Come i on. don't really remember it yeah. Like ever really hearing Paranoid Android is like a I feel like there's like that one hour a Sunday nights where they'd play whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. And I'd hear that. Well, I never had like MTV or anything as True. a kid yeah. or, or anything like that. Because you weren't allowed, right? Well, or you I mean, my cable. parents just didn't want to pay for cable, yeah, I guess. That's right. uh, <laughs> but uh, my sister had the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack mm-hmm. when that movie came out. And probably talk like 90, 90, 1994, 95. Yeah. And so that had talk show host and exit music on it. Right. Um, and I like, uh, I would all, like as a kid, I'd always like go and secretly listen to all my sister's CDs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so I would listen to that a lot. And I always like liked those two songs a lot. Um, but then I just like got older than the second grade and just forgot about them and, you know, and like went on to other music and stuff. And then, so when I heard they're there on the radio again, I was like, huh, that's a really cool song. I should, why haven't I ever like explored Radiohead anymore or anything like that? Oh, I should also mention that at this point, like my music tastes were bad. Like, <laughs> oh wait, back up. What what is bad? Well, I mean, you know, we all of our tastes were bad, but let's, yeah, let's well, so take like, a trip down memory lane for that one. Okay, sure. Um, so, like I said, uh, I started like around like second or third grade, you know, listening to all my sister CDs and stuff right. like that. So, how like, much older is your sister? She's seven years older than seven me. Seven years older. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's just you two, just right? the two yeah. of us. Okay. Yeah. So, like. She was really into Bush, so like I, I heard a lot of Bush as a as a young yeah. kid, uh, which was awesome. Yeah, they're they're cool. Um, and then like, she also had CDs by the likes of like Sugar Ray mm-hmm. and Blink One Eighty Two's Dude Ranch, hey, stuff on, like that. No, no, no. I mean, for, <laughs> like as a as a second grader, you know, yeah, that's, that's that's the jam. That's good music to be into. Um, but then I got a little older, and then like you know, things like corn started seeping mm-hmm. in and like, you yeah. know, got really down with the Limp Bizkit, uh-huh. you know, and stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> Had you abandoned them by the time of the hot dog? <laughs> that was actually the first started? CD I'd ever oh, bought. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. Um, yeah, so then uh, like in seventh grade, I got like st- more obsessed with System of a Down than I had ever gotten oh, obsessed yeah. with any other band. I had the same phase. Yeah, so like up fr- from like se- seventh grade to like ninth grade, that's all I cared about. It was System of a Down. And then for like a brief three-month period of time, I like dove like very deeply into Queens of the Stone Age and like yep. their whole thing. Um, and then uh, summer hit, and then I heard They're There on the radio, and then I was like, oh, I should, I should check out Radiohead. And then like this is in the Kazaa era, mm-hmm. um, strictly for the heads, the, the old heads. Yeah. Uh, 
I was a Kazaa over Morpheus. And oh, well, so I went for Morpheus yeah. to Kazaa yeah, eventually. Morpheus, yeah, like yeah. too many viruses. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, I I think what I did was I still had dial-up at the time, so I would download like a single track at a time, <laughs> you know? So I downloaded, <laughs> yeah, uh, overnight over the course of a week. <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded, uh, I think, I, I probably got like there, there or something, and then I, I think I might have like Googled or something and then saw that like okay computer was like the radiohead album to listen to so i downloaded yeah. all the songs from that um and then i listened to that album and i was like this is pretty cool this is pretty awesome uh and then the next one that i started to download songs from um was hail to the thief and mm-hmm. so two plus two equals five is the first track on right. that album um and so that was the first one that i downloaded uh and once it was done i listened to it and then i re- i've remember being in like the the little computer room the 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 office in my my parents house uh just listening to the song for the first time and pretty much immediately as the song comes on once once the guitar riff kind of comes in uh i was just like grinning from ear to ear and the i think that for me was like one of the coolest songs i'd ever heard up until that point in my life um, and so that like, <laughs> I got like so excited by it. I was like, Oh man, I need to finish downloading the rest of this album. And of <laughs> course it took like another track. week <laughs> 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 before I finally heard the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for, so for you kids that are still on like Spotify, yeah, and, the, and then you got to appreciate the level of dedication. Yeah, that you no kidding. To, have to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> and so what followed after that? You could have just gone and bought the record. I could. Well, I mean, <laughs> I didn't have any like my That's parents. True, no money. So no here, here's something that maybe the listeners should understand. My parents are immigrants, and mm-hmm. the idea of going to the store and like spending all this money on, on music. music CDs was like something that <laughs> just didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, in in my upbringing, right. Um, so like downloading music and stuff is like the only way that I could yeah. like listen to stuff. Um, and so I was on that shit early, like <laughs> like <laughs> like in fifth or sixth grade, like when Napster first came out, I was, was like on the, that scene. There was one uh, file sharing service that like six years ago was like as everything was getting shut down, there was mm-hmm. still one that you had to get like a private invite to. And you Those helped are like get torrents. me on that. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah, a torrent yeah. tracker, but it's a special one. What, well, there's been a few. There's been like Oink, and then that, that shut one? down, and then a few sprung up, Waffles and What.CD, which That's the one. just got shut down yeah. oh, man. in like, one was, like November or something. And now there are other ones that have popped up. And yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Those, those sites rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, what, what were we talking about? Um so, yeah, I couldn't have just, I mean, I guess I, I could have bought, but like, like I said, uh, hot dog, chocolate starfish and hot dog flavor <laughs> water was like the first CD I bought and maybe like the last one <laughs> also, maybe I bought like one other one, um, but all the rest of my music, yeah, I downloaded all the rest of it. It's them. funny, like Hail to the Thief, because I remember I had had a friend who had given me all, like junior year of high school, gave me all the Radiohead records mm-hmm. that he had downloaded. And I didn't, I couldn't really get into them in high school for whatever reason. I got into mm-hmm. them finally in college. Um, and it was like my first exam season. And that was like my, the Benz was my soundtrack to studying for calculus, which I ended mm-hmm. up like 
getting a D in, but hey, I got that D thanks to Tom York. <laughs> so, uh, but I remember I had my copy of Hail to the Thief that I had gotten from my friend. He had downloaded illegally from mm-hmm. Kazaa, of course, and um, it was like a shitty version. Like, yeah, it was, it was the tracks. Oh, so the, and there, the, there it cuts off like before the big raging really? solo. At the so end. I should mention that the, this version that I downloaded yeah. before. Like when the album first leaked onto the internet, it was like an unmastered, like unfinished yeah. version of the album. And so that's the one that I heard. I wonder if that's the same one that I had. Maybe. It probably is. Because um, that was the one that like everyone had. You right. Know? And it just got passed around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, years later, uh, you know, they they would play the songs live and be like, man, they really jammed this out. <laughs> and then I heard like, I heard, I went back and started listening to it. Actually, I don't think it was really until like the streaming stuff mm-hmm. came out and I would go listen to it on Spotify or whatever. And I was like, wait, I, I didn't know these songs went on that long. Yeah. <laughs> or there's this other song that I had never heard before. Yeah. I thought yeah, it was yeah. a B-side, but no, it's actually part of the album. That's yeah. So, so like <laughs> most of the, the way that I had heard that album initially was like this, this unfinished version of it yeah. that was like raw and like the transitions between tracks were were not you know as smooth yeah um but i mean i didn't know at the time uh so i loved it i wonder you know. how many other records have like a similar case because you know there's more it happens yeah it happens yeah i feel like i've had a few of those because then i've listened to them later on through other sources and mm-hmm. like oh this sounds a lot different <laughs> like that bass is really punching and i didn't hear that before yeah. Uh, so, so I guess I was, I was like 15 at the time that this all came out. Um, and then, uh, as, as an obsessed teenager, uh, does, I went on the internet and like tried to like went on the, all these Radiohead fan sites and just tried to like leech up every little bit of every of tidbit info, of information, you know, <laughs> every bit of trivia that I could. Yeah. Uh, and I joined, uh, this Radiohead message board, uh, called at ease. Uh, and then from there, so I, I should mention that I spent the next, you know, s- probably nine months or, or so listening literally to nothing, nothing but Radiohead. But Radiohead. Yeah. Like I had spent all that time downloading every <laughs> single <laughs> Three like, weeks Radiohead later, you're song, finally ready. you know, like every, every, every like B side, every live right. unreleased track. They had a lot know? of unreleased uh, stuff. Yeah. On they the had internet, a ton. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, that's like I just had them all on shuffle, and I would just listen to them for hours and hours and hours every single day yeah. for nine months. Um, and then eventually, I uh, I started like going from the top half of the forum that's exclusively about Radiohead down to the second half of the forum, which is like you know other stuff uh-huh. besides Radiohead. Uh, and so like I started that's that was my introduction to like good music, like yeah, like indie music. This whole like world was just like now open yeah, to me. Yeah, you found something in common with yeah, um, because like it's it's weird. I never like before that music to me was just like this very limited, you know, whatever was on the radio, that's what was out there. Whatever like singles are out that like those are the songs that exist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a very it was a very myopic view right. of of just the music world. Um and so this kind of opened up my eyes to just everything else that was out there and all these other bands. And, you know, yeah. you, you go and, you you know, every every topic in this forum is like a new rabbit hole to go down and stuff like that. And so right. like that's around that time that I like also got into like the Pixies mm-hmm. and uh, TV on the radio was coming out r- around then. And, yeah. Uh, um, 
I don't know, Sigur Rós, I had like got pretty into at that around that time. Bjork. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then so I should also mention that a few months after I got like, you know, insanely obsessed with Radiohead, they were coming to Houston. And so I got tickets to go see them, and that was the first concert I ever was went to. Was that the Hell of a Thief Terror? Yeah, it was. Yeah, awesome. Um, and the first song that they played was 2 plus 2 equals 5. So yeah. they, they uh, you know, they come out on stage, the lights go completely black, right. and then all of a sudden you hear the guitar, and then the lights come up as Tom York starts singing, and I'm just like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah, and then... Like halfway through the show, this uh, this like dude, this like older dude, this like this bigger fat dude kind of uh, starts. He pulls out a big old joint <laughs> and he starts smoking. And then, like my fifteen-year-old like square yeah. ass was like, "Oh, this is this is bad. I need to get away from this," you know. And so, like, I walked like from my seat away and like <laughs> held my breath and stuff like, oh man, uh, well, I yeah. would beat myself up <laughs> if I could right now. That's awesome. Uh, it's yeah, it's a great song. And I, I remember like my first time to really fall in love with it was similarly, once I finally got ready, then it was like consume, consume everything. Yeah, exactly. And there's like the live at Glastonbury, mm-hmm bootleg that was circling around DC plus plus and I watched that and they do that song yeah, he does yeah, that yeah, thing yeah. where he's I, all I, disinterested in the first vocals and then when he does that because part <laughs> he like switches his hand like the dramatic chipmunk or whatever yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. mesmerizing love that record yeah eventually when I you know upgraded from dial up internet and yeah. finally got like cable internet and stuff then I started to download you got all of that all of like the video the yeah. live concerts and stuff like that and watched all those and yeah stuff. So but cool. it was hard because my computer only held seven gigabytes on the <laughs> entire hard drive. So like I was always having yeah, to delete like stuff. Delete, yeah. yeah, man. And thumb drives were not cheap back then. Yeah. And they could only hold like nothing. It's awesome. It's good. Good times. Radiohead's out. I feel like it's just always fun to talk about. We could go yeah. on for hours. Right. Um, but we don't have hours. So we should go on to the next one. Yeah. So which I'm sure comes from a derivative of this. I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. to hear. But before we get into it, let's go ahead and give it a listen. So this song is called um, Avril 14th mm-hmm. by Aphex Twin. Here we go.
14th. That was Avril 14th by the legendary AFX Twin, also yes. known as Richard D. James. And AFX and Caustic Window and Polygon Window and the Tuss. And he's got a, a ton of different aliases. Does he really have that many names? Aliases, I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Has he always had that or is it something he just reinvents each time? Uh, no, yeah, he's always had a, a ton of aliases. He's kind of stopped using a lot of them, though. Yeah. And now he mostly only uses uh, AFX Twin and AFX. Was he ever in like a group or has it always just been his um, it's always kind of been his own thing. He has a collaboration with uh, another dude. Uh, they they released an album called Mike and Rich. Okay. Um, it's uh, this it. other guy named Music, like the the moose the muse symbol. Okay, the so Greek not letter. Arab music. But no, no, no. <laughs> uh, dash Z I Q. Anyways, so confusing. Uh, yeah. So they, that's his only collaboration album that I know about and then I think he's like done uh, like remixes and kind of other stuff maybe some like some like secret collaborations and stuff where nobody really knows like with Square Pusher and like his friend Luke Vibert yeah Um, but he's always been for the most part like a person he's not like a uh, what's his name burial or whatever where no one yeah he's he's never really been anonymous or anything like that Um, except for uh, this I, I mentioned one of his aliases, the Tuss. He released, yeah. um, excuse me, he released uh, uh, two EPs under that name secretly, and then just a few years ago, he he finally like admitted, admitted to being that was him. Did yeah. people know? Like, were they suspicious? They kind of knew. Yeah, yeah they had, like, knew, the but they just weren't one hundred percent sure. Yeah. But I mean, you listen to it and it sounds like Aphex Twin, and it's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, well, I mean, I know this song through just like random shit it's but been on like most, a lot of movie trailers yeah, and things like that yeah, but yeah. then when I heard it you know it's like the most striking mm-hmm. for me is the sample from oh Blaine's Game, Blaine yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, right yeah <laughs> which uh, you know, that's a funny story about that yeah. I'm sure you know that no. like Kanye tried to like get away with not getting permission yeah not getting permission or like you know saying huh. like I'm not sample. I mean, you didn't really just like write what? all that. Oh, yeah, it, like, I, don't, I don't remember exactly all the details, but, but something like Aphex Twin was like, uh, so so like the way that they had sampled it in yeah. the song, uh, it was like like really time stretched and like sounded yeah, like I mean, kind of. And I think like John Legend's actually playing it live. Yeah, right? yeah, so. yeah. I think so. Uh, but Aphex Twin had offered. He was like, "Well, I mean, I can I can re-record it for you at the tempo that you want it." And then they were like, huh. "No, we we don't want to do that or something like that." Yeah. I think it was like Kanye's ego trying to be yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah, probably." You know, I don't know what it is, but there's not that there's he has like, like a very big one or anything, about it or something. <laughs> at the time. Well, I'm glad that uh, it came out the way that it did because yeah. I think it sounded great. But that's interesting. Yeah, Hopefully. it was also used in a Lonely Island uh, track. Uh, the I, I ran so far away. Uh, where uh, oh, that's like the SNL. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, the, yeah. like an SNL digital <laughs> short um, where they, the, I I ran so far away. It's about like uh, the president of Iran, uh, Ahmadinejad. <laughs> uh, like I, I forget the details, but <laughs> did he get permission him. for that, or did they similarly? I <laughs> I don't know. I think because of what I think it was is basically their take on blame game. So I don't I don't know what the whole oh, deal is. Interesting. Um, Huh. Or maybe. I so don't they know. might not have realized that it was sampled or something? I'm sure they did. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, yeah. tell me tell me your intro to the song. Yeah, How so... How you came about it. Um, kind of around the... Uh, shortly after, you know, 
becoming obsessed with Radiohead, then like, <laughs> of course, I see people talking about a fixed twin on this uh, message board. Uh, and so the first album that I get was Richard D. James album. And that was kind of my first. That's like window liquor and no, 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 no. Yeah. So Richard D. James album. Um, I'm trying to think if like there are any like really memorable songs from it. There's like girl boy song. Um, I don't know if there were any like big singles or anything like yeah. that. Um, but, uh, that was the first real electronic album like purely electronic album that I think I ever really listened to actually heard front to back. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of like opened my mind up. Uh, and then after that one, I got Drux, which Avril 14th is on. Mm-hmm. And Drux is like a really interesting record because, uh, it was first of all, it's a double album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of spans like 30 tracks or something. Yeah. It's really long. Uh, and it's also like, kind of schizophrenic too because it jumps around from track to track to just to like these very different styles that Aphex Twin has. Um, so like some tracks are like really heavy like drum and bass like really fast like almost junglish tracks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> some of them are just like ambient like noise soundscapes and stuff that go on for, for like you know seven minutes or more. Uh, and then some of them are just like really pretty prepared piano pieces like Avril 14th. Um, and so it kind of spans the gamut of all of his work. And to me, I think it's my favorite of his records. Um, a lot of people kind of like hello, the thief, a lot of people, uh, kind of shit on it and say that it's his, you know, it's his worst album and it should like be a lot shorter. He should edit it down. I love it. Um, I think it's like kind of the, the peak of his, his just like ability to compose like such meticulous tracks and compositions and stuff like that. Uh, every time I listen to it, I'm just like floored. Yeah. Um, and so Avril 14th, fun fact about me, my birthday is April 14th. The 14th. Yeah. And so like <laughs> that, that song has always kind of resonated extra yeah. strong with me. Cause it's, I mean, he, he wrote it for me. Right. Oh, but, obviously. He yeah. Knew. I mean, it's, it's my song. He's like this kid in Houston, <laughs> he needs to open his mind up to electronic music and write this birthday song. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's always kind of, as, I don't know, as silly as it is just to say it always like felt special yeah. to me. Wait, so what does that make your, uh, your sign? If you're, if I'm an Aries. Aries. Okay. Yeah. What are the traits of an Aries? I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> is Richard D. James an Aries as well? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think okay. he was born in like August or something. But so I yeah, could be it, wrong. clearly then it was intentional for you. I mean, yeah, I mean, if he's there's no other reason for him to name yeah. it that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I really love that song. Not to, uh, uh, suffice it to say, it's also just like very beautiful. It's very pretty. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, it's on my favorite Aphex Twin album. Who I should also mention that Aphex Twin is just like insanely, insanely inspiring to me as a musician. Yeah. Like I just like every every time I like listen to some of his music, I'm just like completely floored at like how one person could be so good at like putting together these songs and stuff. Yeah. Um, you mentioned when you kind of got introduced to it, it was tangential to getting deep going deep into the undercurrents of the radiohead fan, rabid fan yeah, base yeah, and yeah, scene. Yeah. so i'm curious like it is your first electronic record 
you know, you're a kid, you're getting used to this stuff, mm-hmm. you're coming into your own as, you know, a teenager, um, and this is some weird shit. So, yeah. like, did you, as you were listening to it, did you connect with people through the online stuff, or did you end up sharing it with your friends? Or like, so, yeah. How I much mean, of, what was the kind of, like, dynamic between that? Because it, it is something that, I mean, Apex Twin is not for everyone. Yeah, right. Um, so, you like, can find anyone online, but... Yeah. Did, it, did it grow beyond that? Initially? A couple of my like best friends growing up, I would always like hear all this new music and then I would just like give it to them and be like, check this out, check this yeah. out, check this out. Um, the taste maker. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, so yeah, a couple of my like like really close friends, I would kind of show them this stuff and and I guess like that way uh, by, by introducing it to people is like how I could talk to people right. in real life about right. it. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I did, uh, I spent a lot of time in high school and stuff, just like lurking these message boards and yeah. posting about them and stuff like that. Um, uh, uh, Josh, who came on, I think it's, I think it is Aphex twin, like one of the message boards that's like for Aphex Oh, it's probably We Are the Music Makers. I think that's right. It's like, yeah, full of all these like super, super <laughs> electronic music nerds. Yeah. yeah so he, uh, he's he been a longtime member of that. Really? And one of the things he talked about in his episode was um, actually, we talked about this show when Aphex played in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which how, was awesome. Yeah. Well, we should, we should talk yeah. about that. But um, he was like, yeah, you know, I've been a part of that message board for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but had never met any of these people. And then when he went to that show, people like traveled there for it from the message board. And he actually got to meet a couple of the people that for, he's built this like weird Hmm. online music nerd relationship with for, you know, over a decade, I guess. Um, and how cool that was. And Mm -hmm. like the connection to that, that wasn't, he didn't even pick an Apex twin song. I don't think, did he? I don't know. I think, no, I don't think so. Hmm. But we, he brought it up. Um, and, it was cool. I always think about that, like this, the online versus the offline. I think music is very easy to connect on, right? In that sense, but yeah, you. So yeah, maybe you might have even read some of his posts. I have to figure out what his screen. Well, I haven't spent a lot of time on that message no, board. No, you're um, more radio heads. Like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I do peek over there every now and again. Yeah, um, but but not a lot. Um, but you did go to that show in Houston. I did. For, yeah, uh, I never would have ever expected that I would see Aphex Twin live, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I remember when they were like teasing the, the lineup for day for night, uh, they released this like little video on Instagram of the day for night logo morphing into the Aphex Twin logo. And I was like, this has to be some kind of sick joke. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Why are you going to Houston? <laughs> exactly. I was like, this is, this is some bullshit. And then like the next day, they announced it for real, and I was like, they can't make this up. Like, <laughs> like you're still, They'd be in so much trouble. <laughs> you're still waiting for it to be like, ah, uh, <laughs> some intern fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, you know, even, even like, when the... I mean, that lineup for Day for Night last year was really good. That was and, insane, yeah. Uh, I kept, in the back of my mind, being like, oh, this isn't going to be real. Like, right. half of these things aren't going to show up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I kept, like, worrying <laughs> that Apex Twin is going to cancel or something. Right. like, he hasn't played a show in forever in, like, yeah. seven years or something Why would like he pick that. this, like, random exactly. second-year festival in Houston, Texas, right. of all places? It's, it like, seemed very made up. It yeah. was super sus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I went to that show. Uh, it was amazing. It was very... Uh, I think it was, like, hot at first. 
so uh, I I can't remember if it was hot or, or or cold at first, but I was wearing a jacket. Luckily, a cold front blew in about like thirty minutes into his two hour set, and then like five minutes later, it just started pouring rain. Uh, for the rest of his set. And it was like um, miserable cold. Too. It, like, was it was like a so 20 or 30 cold. degree yeah, drop. Yeah, it was super cold. Uh, but it was awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've heard that a lot of people were kind of like confused or uh, let down by his set. Because yeah. I guess they, ex- I don't know what they expected. I, I kind of knew it was going to be a DJ set because like, I don't, what else was What else would he do? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's what I was expecting. And it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, he played a lot of like really cool stuff that I hadn't really heard before. Uh, so it introduced me to like new artists yeah. and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, but on top of that, it was just like so, so amazing to see him up there. Like as a real person, he yeah. exists. Yeah. Because uh, he's kind of. He's a little mythical. He's a little mythical. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that, that was an awesome experience um, for sure. No, I always love when you, for me, like. I mean, I love live music mm-hmm. and there's been bands that like have been ruined because I've gone to see them live mm-hmm. and then it was like a big disappointment. You're like, ah, oh, it's really hard for me to listen to that even though I really like that record. But then, mm-hmm. and you don't, that's not always the same for everything. But then there's also the bands where you're like, I'll, I've never even considered the idea that I would see this band live. Mm-hmm. And then when you see them and you're like... That's that's funny that you say that. <laughs> uh, that kind of happened to me with Beach House. Yeah? Yeah. So like in 2008... You know, I'd listen to like a little bit of Beach House or something, but it never really clicked for me. Yeah. Um, it was South by 2008, and I went to go see them at a day show, and just like the sound filled every pore mm-hmm. in the venue, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just so lush and pretty. Uh, and then I just immediately was like, "Oh, I get it now. I'm. Yeah. I love Beach House yeah. now. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. It made it. sense. Yeah. yeah. And so like ever since then, I've I really love. There's Beach a handful House. of bands that do that. I think uh, for like I John Mellor got me into TV on the radio, but mm-hmm. I hadn't really listened to them. And he was like, "You got to see this band. It was right around Return to Cookie Mountain. And we went and saw them at Emo Zone Rosa. Oh, Zone Rosa. Okay. And I don't think I was at that. That was show. when they were like touring, and they would open up with." Uh, it was like blues from down here, whatever it was, but uh, or dreams or I can't remember. But they opened up and they had like these giant logs on stage, and they just came out and like <laughs> played on these logs. And then he had like the wind chimes and the guitar, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. And it just within like the first ten minutes of that show, I was like, I will love this band forever. Yeah. And anything they do is gold, and the, this band is phenomenal. And like, they. I've never changed my opinion on them since that because yeah, it's right. just so cemented and yeah, I think the first amazing time, energy. The life. first time I saw them was my senior year of high school. I saw them at Warehouse Live. Oh yeah, um, and then my friend Adam was at that show. It's so like before Return to Cookie Mountain yeah, came right. out, and yeah. it had leaked, and everyone knew the songs exactly. already. Yep, that's, <laughs> that's it. And then uh, I saw them again. One of the like after that, I moved to Austin for college. Yeah, um, and then they played a show at Emos. Yeah, like one of maybe like the first three months or something that I hadn't just moved to Austin. So I, that was like one of my early original yeah. emos experiences. Yeah. You know, seeing yeah. RIP, man. Um, <laughs> funny story about that. <laughs> uh, me and my roommate, like, like an hour before the show, like recorded this like very bad <laughs> demo <laughs> and burned it to a CD and gave it to Kit Malone. The oh, guitarist. No. <laughs> <laughs> and years later I like found the, the, and listen the, to the it songs like, that we burned to the CD. Yeah, I was like, oh no, what have we done? 
<laughs> he probably listened to it. Uh, oh man, that's so. how Black Party got discovered. Oh, well, they passed so their tape. Their to, demo uh, was probably Franz good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, back to the back to the Apex Twin topic. Yeah. There's one more story that I want to yeah let's hear. Uh, tell. Um, so I remember. Uh, so it was my junior year of high school, I think, and I was going on a school trip to New York mm-hmm. uh, for, with like my, my school's theater group or something. Uh, and this, I had never been on a plane before. So this is my first, I'd never been out of the state before. This is like a, like a big, kinda, yeah, it's a big, big deal. Big That's deal. exciting. Um, so I was you on this plane ready to go yeah. oh, to New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I basically listened to drugs all the way through on the way there. Uh, so that I, I just remember like staring out at clouds, you know, for the first time, like that yeah. just Actually now it's kind of normal to, yeah, to me, first. you know? Right. Um, but it was, it was just like such a cool experience, yeah. you know? And, hearing those songs paired with that visual. Yeah. Uh, was, just resonated really yeah, strong. Uh, it, yeah. Man, I still am amazed by clouds when I, when you fly it, through. They're beautiful. <laughs> it's incredible. And just it looking really, out and like seeing make, mountains covered in snow. It doesn't make any you know? sense. So and like, we all just imagine that you can jump out of the window and like jump around on them. Yeah. And so being that this was my first time flying. Right. Um, I, I didn't understand how the bathroom doors worked. <laughs> and so like I had tried to go to the bathroom and I went to the, I went up to the door and like, I, it, I didn't quite understand how you were supposed to open the door. Yeah. Like, cause you push it in and it like kind of folds kind of right, strangely. Right, so I tried to pull on it and it didn't open. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, I, I see what I'm supposed to do. And so I just like pulled on these things on the, on the sides of the door Turns out those were the hinges to the door, so I ended up taking the door off the hinges. What? <laughs> and uh, the flight attendant got like mad. Really <laughs> I was like, "What are you yeah. doing?" <laughs> uh, yeah. So so then uh, nobody could go to the the bathroom. <laughs> the flight. No, I'm kidding. The, oh, uh, but yeah, she she, uh, she was good at her job and was able to put the door back Re-assemble on the hinges. The door. Yeah. She just shook her head at you in disgust. Like, yeah, I, I was pretty embarrassed. By <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah, that's it's good shit. Um, shall we go to the last song? Yeah, we can do that. All right. So the last one is one that everybody will know. Yes. It's iconic. Uh, it's actually rated the 32nd most, let me see, make sure I get this right, 32nd most explosive choruses of all time mm. by NME. Who is not a very reputable publication, but apparently that's what people think uh, overseas. So, uh, if you could take a guess, you can't take a guess. There's a lot of epic songs. There's 32 ahead of this one, but uh, it's called "Africa" by the Great Toto. She's coming in twelve 
Africa by Toto. I have to read, I love this quote. I've 
been aware of this for a long time, but the uh, one of the bandmates of the singer who wrote it, what he describes this song as is, a white boy is trying to write a song on Africa, but since he's never been there, he can only tell what he's seen on TV or remembers in the past. Yeah. <laughs> if you see a picture of the Van Toto, and it's basically spot on. Yeah. Um, but man, number thirty-two. Right. Did you hear all those explosions? Chorus. Yeah. Do you, are you curious what number one through five are? Oh uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> all right. So number five is. Can I guess? Yeah. Can I guess some? You won't. Well, you might be able to guess a few. Uh, well, I won't be. Give me your top two that you think. Man, okay, I don't know. Uh, Jesse's girl. <laughs> Ooh, that is a good one, but uh, not. Eh. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I give right. up. So number five is plug a baby, which is some. Oh, it's by fucking Muse. Huh. Which hence enemy doesn't know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. Why would you put a Muse song at number five? Most of it. Uh, number four is Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon. Man, they're really dropping the ball. Number three, Mr. Brightside by oh, The Killers. No. <laughs> this one I, I'm down with, and I've listened to it a few times after reading it because it is a fantastic song. But Be My Baby by The Ronettes, hmm. um, oldies song. Uh, and then number one, fucking Brits, Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. Okay. Well, so I think Toto actually knocks the park out yeah. of all five of those when it comes to Africa. And I mean, yeah, this song, it's, uh, you, you can't dislike this song. You, you, you can't. Um, a lot of, I realize that a lot of people like this song in jest, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I used to like it kind of in jest, yep. but then it really grew on me. Uh, now I, I actually love this song like yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah, like no hint of irony there. Um, so I, th- I think what did it for me was I, I watched the music video, you know, and then I was like, "This music video is so silly." It's, <laughs> so to describe the music video, um, so the, the band Toto is like in this old library. Uh, and you know, this is 1983. So they all like have these crazy mustaches and like curly, (laughs) like poofy hair and stuff like that. Um, so they're in this library in the chorus of the song. They're all playing their instruments on top of this giant hardcover book that's titled Africa. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, the the lead singer is like thumbing through the the li- different books in the library about Africa and like so halfway through there's also a black librarian yeah who's like you know like I don't I don't understand Bringing more Africa books to them or <laughs> but like <laughs> she like doesn't really acknowledge that they're there I don't but like I think she's supposed to be like the kind of like the you know, the, the sexy figure yeah. that, you oh, know, yeah. they're I, I, inspiring. Yeah, exactly. To learn about. Um, Africa. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then halfway through the video, like some, somebody just like chucks a spear into the books and they <laughs> fall over and the library burns down. It's, it's strange. I'm going to have to watch this. Yeah. I've never it's, seen it. It's, it's great. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that I guess that was like my introduction to like listening to the song a lot because I would watch the video again because yeah. it was so absurd. 
Um, it's like total eclipse of the heart video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you, you know, I'd watch this video and then there, there's one line in the second verse that always struck me as just like so absurd, but so good, you know, like <laughs> it, 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 it like doesn't fit. So the, the lyrics are, uh, I know that I must do what's right. Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti, but like it can't, that's too many syllables to fit in the, in the bar of music yeah, that it's and in. They, they pack it so in. yeah, he really like, he rushes it out, you know, he just like <laughs> squeezes it all in there. Um, so that's that's one of my favorite lyrics of all time. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go back and yeah. reassess that that pattern. But but I guess why I really started to fall in love with the song was I started making a cover of it, like an an eight bit cover yeah. um, of this song. Uh, and as I was doing that, I was like listening to it a lot and like trying to trying to hear these melodies and stuff. And I ended up like writing my own different like bass lines and different mm-hmm. like harmonies and stuff to go along with it. But in doing so, I, I just kind of like came to realize it like, man, this song is like actually really good. Like, yeah. like all, all these melodies, all the it, harmonies yeah. are so good. Um, so I, I came to, to really uh, appreciate the song as a, as a, as a result, as a side effect of, you know, diving deep into it to, yeah. to like dissect it and, and uh, you know, recreate it. It's interesting, like the um, you know Toto Force. So they're at this mm-hmm. point they're already a successful band, uh, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so you know they have the money to like afford production, mm-hmm. and you hear the song, and it's, it's huge. You know, it's like very big. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot going on. So you just assume they paid for like some huge orchestra or something to like put it together. It's all just like synths, right? Yeah, it's all synths. Like they use a GS1 for like the kalimba, the marimba, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And it's just like six different layers of synth tracks that compose all of those Africa sounds. Yeah, so so (laughs) fun fact about Toto. Uh, They're all, it's just a band of like session musicians that came together and... uh, you know, formed, like started writing their own music. Right. Um, they're actually the backing band on Thriller. What? It's, it's Toto. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I swear. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's quite the revelation here for the <laughs> final song in the podcast. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, fun Toto fact. Um, that's pretty incredible. There's a, I remember, uh, our friend Bryant, um, he, he loves the song as well. Mm-hmm. I, rem- I remember we used to have like a, a little vinyl Tuesday. <laughs> Did he day, play this? He yeah. played that during. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm not surprised though. But I remember like uh, I used to play in a band with him, and after practice one time, he's like, to all, all the people in the band, he's like, dude, you guys, there's Netflix just put out um, like a Toto live documentary that was recorded like two oh, years man. ago. And like, it's actually really good. <laughs> so he said, I don't watch this fucking like. Toto live in 2012 or something oh, wow, in okay. Rio or something like that. <laughs> and it's just all these old dudes in Hawaiian shirts and, um, you know, cargo khaki shorts. And they're just like rocking this song. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's incredibly impressive because they're playing to like 80,000 people and everybody's yeah. singing along. But this song is a, like, I love the song, but it's, 
deceptively difficult. Yeah, man. I always try to do it at karaoke because I love it. Worst but I always bomb. Oh, I always man. bomb every and time. Like, yeah, and it's like it's not even the right kind of bomb. You know, when you pick a karaoke song, you're like it's great. It's good. It's actually there's so good many to bomb. harmonies. It, you, you like there's when so you're trying much to. Going on, yeah. You don't know where to even go with exactly. it. Exactly. It always sounds bad, but. It's hard to make it sound good, bad, you know? And yeah, so, like, yeah, 100%. It only works at, like, the private room karaoke when everybody's singing together. And even together. then, you bomb. But even then, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's just, you, It's acceptable, you know? But everyone thinks, like, oh, this is such a great song. Everyone loves it. It's cheesy. It's funny. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then that by... And it's also long. Yeah. So by the time you get to, like, the after you finish that first chorus, you're, like, sweating. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, God, that was really bad. And I have to do this, like, four more times. Know, this I is know. humiliating. Right. And so, so I mentioned I had... <laughs> Did a cover of it. Yeah. Um, so actually, I should mention that I did two covers of it. One <laughs> did of you them. Sing it? Yeah. So oh, so I heard so that one, one of them I never finished. Okay. Um, because I, <laughs> because I, you I, couldn't pull off the vocals. Well, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so, so making these NES chip tunes is like extremely tedious, and it takes yeah. a very long time. Okay. Um, so uh, halfway through, or probably like three three quarters of the way through, uh, making that version of the track. I was playing around, so I I had a Nintendo DS, and on that I had like a little synth program, okay. like a little Korg synth app. Yep. Um, and using that, I just like I didn't even like really intend to make another cover of it. I was another just one. like, well, I know those notes, you know, I'll yeah. just you know program those and mess around with it. Um, and I ended up like putting together like the instrumental track. Yeah. In like two hours or so. Um, But then like, since I had it done, I was like, well, I I guess I'll record vocals over it. Uh, And so that's, that's actually the version that got finished that like I put vocals on. Oh, wow. Um, But it's not, I I don't like that version as much (laughs) as the, as the NES version, which I still have yet to finish. Yeah. I, I try, actually tried to finish it again kind of recently, but, I can't can we, sing. Could we post a link to, sure, sure. to this we can, and we can when we post the, the episode so that if anyone wants to hear it, they yeah. can check it out? Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah, we should do that. But it took me so long to record the vocals because, <laughs> one, I'm a bad singer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're recording stuff in your house, you can take as many takes as you want. Of course, yeah. Um, and you can punch But it in. took so long. I had, to, I had to do so many takes. Oh, That's man. Awesome. And even, even still, I, I still don't think... Like I did a good job, but people seem to be into it, so yeah. I left it up. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I wa- I'm I want to re-record it, and, but I've since lost like that the that project file that has like all those vocals in it, so oh, I have to yeah, redo so the vocals really yeah. um, for the for the other version. <laughs> um, That's awesome. But yeah, I I kept my voice kept going out. Like it's so hard to sing. Anytime um, I'm in like egos and like you hear the intro and someone goes up, you know, frat dude goes up there and you're like, oh no. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's he getting himself into. Like you yeah. signed up for some torture. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, this is a good six minutes of just torture where yeah. nobody's happy. I know. <laughs> so good though. So good. Okay, so we've reached the conclusion of the songs, but when we were listening to the last one, mm-hmm. you mentioned that there was another Apex story that you forgot to oh yeah, 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 yeah so before we come to a close i want to give you the opportunity to to bring that to the table no pressure but um and we can kind of close out on that sure that uh, yeah just another another like connection that i have to avril 14th 
specifically um, is my last year of college uh, after, so I had a- 2010, uh, right? Uh, 2000, well, I took five years, so it was 2011. Okay. Um, I had a, a class in the mornings, uh, I would go to automata theory. What is that? Uh, so it's a computer science class, okay. uh, kind of about like what is, what are the limits of computing, basically. Okay. Um, that sounds very theoretical. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that class, every morning, I would go sneak up into the music school where they have like a bunch of piano practice rooms. Um, mm, and yeah. I don't know, I, I didn't know how to play piano at the time. Um, but every day I would go in there and lock myself in the room between my classes for like an hour or two hours. Um, and just starting from the beginning of Avril 14th, I would put it in my headphones and slow it way down and just like note Try for note. Try and pick out each yeah, individual I, note. I taught myself oh, how to man. play it. Over the course of the semester, so yeah. like, wow! You know, by the by the end of the semester, I learned how to play the whole song. Um, and that's that, like, pretty incredible. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, but that was like the first full song I really learned yeah. on piano. Um, and it, it's it's, kind of, it's not an easy song. Um, of course, there are much harder songs which I can't play. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of kind of proud of myself. Well, and yeah, to pick it up by ear as opposed to... That like was the hard Google part because I don't know how to read sheet yeah. music or anything like that. You didn't even like look at a YouTube video or anything? Uh, I watched some uh, just to like m- confirm that I was playing things right. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of the ones that are on YouTube, I guess people did the same thing um, to kind of transcribe it by it ear. Out, yeah. Like I had noticed that some parts I think they got wrong. Just a little off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would do the same thing with like guitar tablature. Or yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of mess this up, but right. Um, so like huh. my own. I mean, later, several years after that, I had like gone back and like tried listening to it again, and then like being like, "Wait a minute, I think I I got that note wrong." Yeah. Um, yeah. Too. So like there there are a couple parts that I've like Still since corrected, but debating. now like I I forget how to play. I forget what the right way to play it is. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty impressive. Do you, I was thinking about that. Like, you know, when you're in college, you just have so much access to free time. Yeah. And, I, and, stuff. and, and, and like, pianos. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I don't, I love pianos. Right. I wish I had a piano of my own. Right. Cause I feel like I played all the time. Yeah. Um, but, but you've lost that. Yeah. I mean, I only had it for like one semester. Right. I mean, can you imagine like spending an entire semester to learn something like that? that's pretty, uh, it takes a lot of dedication. I think well, yeah, it quick. was fun. That's the yeah. thing. It was fun to do. Um, but I was always very nervous that somebody would <laughs> would hear me playing and be like, that guy sucks. Like, <laughs> he's not <laughs> supposed to be in here. Who is this fool? Exactly. And I thought I would get like found out and kicked out of the music school. Um, uh, no, it's just really hard like, like band. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, awesome. It, w- it was cool, though. I, I think like... Only a couple times people were like, what are you doing here? And I was just like, oh, I'm just practicing. Did you not have to have like any proof that no, like, anyone I mean, could do that? I Yeah. So I I used to go back um, after I graduated yeah. every so often, like on the weekends or so, every few weeks or something and, and play piano for a little bit. But about a year ago, I haven't been back to confirm or disprove this, but 
I noticed that they had started putting or like around all around campus. They started putting like, like badge readers on hmm. doors on yeah. different buildings. And I, I noticed like one of the last times that I went that they were putting one on the music um, school. Uh, and so I never went back to like, yeah, see, see if you could actually get in or not. Yeah. So I don't know. If you can do you still do have that. your student ID? I do still have my student <laughs> ID. You get the free bus rides. Man, so. that, that doesn't work anymore. Really? They yeah. finally changed that? They did. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, a, a couple of years ago. So for those, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. in UT, if you're a student, your student ID scans on all of the public transit buses so you can ride for free, which is fantastic and a huge perk. And the weird thing about it is after you graduate, like they, in the, for a long, very long mm-hmm. time, there was no database that would um, keep track that you're no longer a student, so you could continue to ride city buses for free as long as you had a student ID, which was fantastic. Right, it was awesome, especially during like South by Southwest. Yeah, it's you know, huge. you know, times where you just like need to get around real quick. Right, um, you just hop on a bus. Uh, but but no more apparently. Yeah, so my car <laughs> a couple of years ago, somebody had hit it, and it was in the shop. Uh, and so I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just, you know, I'll take the bus to work. And so this was this was just like two years ago. Yeah. Um, and my ID had continued to work up until two years ago. Yeah. Uh, so I'm taking the, the bus to work uh, a few days. Uh, so I think it worked for like three or four days. Yeah. And then the last time that I tried it, I swiped it and then it said, it like beeped at me and said, ID bad listed. Damn. So I was like, <laughs> I, I had to flagged, like man. pretend like I didn't, you but didn't at first I just tried on. to like pretend like it worked and just like walk onto <laughs> the back of the going. bus. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the bus driver was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, swipe it again. And then I swiped it again. And then I was just like, what does it mean? Bad oh, listed. Why man. is it saying that? He was like, you got to go to the ID Get office. Ah, oh, dude. He, he let me you. ride the bus that time. I got like, you, man. Okay. End of an I'll, era. I'll go, I'll go to the ID <laughs> center and get that, you know, figured out uh, as soon as possible. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, and then, like, <laughs> it sucked, so I was like, well, I guess I'll take Uber to work. And then, like, two days after that, Uber left town. Yeah, well, good. Good riddance. Well, yeah. But it sucked for me. For <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. Uh, no, Uber's fine, but use Fasten or Ride Austin or even Lyft, for God's sake, in this town. <laughs> uh, anyways, sorry, that's that's a side note. Um, well, I feel like we've come to a good natural close. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this. I yeah, me too. I did too. It was fun. Uh, excellent choices, good stories, and I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. All right. Till next time. See ya. <laughs>